Welcome to Thunder Off Script, a podcast for lovers of freedom. It's St. Patrick's Day, Thursday, 17th of March, 2022. I'm wearing green to honor the patron saint of Ireland. In today's podcast, I'd like to share with you a short reflection on war and vulnerability in the hopes that I might shed a little bit of light on one of the most dangerous military conflicts in Europe since the Second World War. In case you'd like to hear more of my reflections, you can subscribe to my Freedom blog at davidthunder.substack.com. One of the most striking aspects of the war in the Ukraine is the fact that one man and the small band of elite actors backing him up could bring so much death and destruction on so many in the service of his political and military ambitions. The fact that this can happen is not just a result of the irresponsibility of Putin and his warmongering allies. It is also the result of a basic fact about modern nations like Russia, the USA and China, namely that their military forces are highly centralised and can be deployed whether for purposes of defence or aggression and expansion, with the say-so of a very small number of individuals. The war in the Ukraine is not just the result of one man's megalomaniac ambitions, nor just the result of a reckless oligarchic class. It is also the result of the system of nation-states as currently configured which deposits control of the military forces of each country in the hands of a very small number of individuals. That massive concentration of military power in the hands of a, of a handful of individuals, however advantageous from a military perspective, makes the lives of millions of civilians depend on the decisions of a few military commanders including Putin and Biden. These vulnerable civilians are not only citizens in the country being attacked, but also citizens in the aggressor nation who must live with the human and economic consequences of being dragged into a war they never chose. This impressive concentration of military power is, of course, related to the concentration of political and financial power in central governments. Putin is able to order an assault on the Ukraine in no small part because the real structure of the Russian Federation is highly centralised and opposition and dissent from national policies is not tolerated. As we saw with the swift arrest of Russians who publicly protested against the war. The question is, Is this level of centralised control over the military forces inevitable? Should an aerial and ground assault on a neighbouring country be permitted on the say-so of a few individuals, whether in the case of Russia or the United States or Europe or China? I don't believe military hyper-centralisation is inevitable. Right now, this is the world we live in, so we have to adapt to that. But one could logically design a federal republic in such a way 
that military operations would require the consent of numerous domestic stakeholders, including at least a majority of regional governments. I am not sure if a truly federated Russia would have given its consent to the attack on Ukraine. Well, at least this would constitute an important political check on the military ambitions of those who control the national government, since they'd have to win the consent of a much wider range of political stakeholders before going to war. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of Thunder of Script.